A renowned New Zealand Samoan academic and community leader, Peggy Fairburn Dunlop, is warning that the negative economic impacts of the pandemic are continuing to affect the education of Pacifica children in Aotearoa. Fairburn Dunlop was recently honoured with the Absolutely Positively Wellingtonian Award for her services to education and the Pacific community in Wellington. She says it's great that there are more opportunities for Pacifica students in New Zealand than ever before, but economic realities are forcing kids to leave school early to work and support their families. RNZ Pacific reporter Finau Funua spoke with Peggy Fairburn Dunlop and began by asking her how she felt about being honoured with her award. Um, I guess um, I appreciate being honoured with a absolutely positively Wellingtonian award because uh, Wellington has been very good to our family since my parents migrated to New Zealand with uh, five children in the 1940s and me and my sister were born here in Wellington in our little house on the hill in Colburnie. So to get that sort of award, it was really good. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at your work and advocacy, um, you know, now in uh, 2022, how far do you think Pacifica have come? That question has got many different aspects, I guess. Um, I think over the years, and I have always been in education, so I'll look at it from that point of view. Um, over the years, there are two things. One thing is that for the first migrants in New Zealand and probably for many Pacific migrants today, I guess our job was just to go to school and just learn everything which was said, you know, just to be educated as a Palangi, if you like, to get good English, to get a good job. And the whole curriculum uh, and everything we learnt was was Palangi. There was very little Pacific um culture or very little Pacific songs or dances or Pacific words or even any study about the Pacific. When I was at primary school and when I was at secondary school and even at teachers college, uh, there wasn't much about the Pacific at all. It was uh, a very much a Palangi-centred curriculum. So if we look at it from that point of view, today there have been great changes and and this is with the Māori as well and with other ethnic groups coming to New Zealand. I think the the New Zealand educational curriculum is much wider for the inclusion of, of other other knowledges in the textbooks. Um, yes, that's what I would say. Other knowledges is a much more, I hate to use the word tolerance, but I think there's more a realisation that there are many ways of knowing and that uh, specific ways of knowing and being have just as much relevance in the lives of, of our learners as Palangi or learning about China or learning about England have. I, I think I did a degree in history and one of those subjects was Tudor England. I did American history. I did those sorts of histories. And, and that was really, really interesting because I was able to look at the way they did things, uh, their ideals and their practices, and then sort of compare it with our own Whatsamoan Pacific ways. So have I answered your question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, actually, you mentioned that, if I heard you correctly, you were around in, in the 40s and 50s? 
part. Well, that's when my parents and my grandparents. Oh, 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 oh sorry. Yes. I got it wrong. Yeah. Sorry. But, but you make a very important point then because if we look at the – so first of all, I've talked about curriculum, and the curriculum is more open, but that doesn't really mean that the teachers who are teaching it in schools today um, understand the idea of cultural diversity or, or other, other values. It still doesn't quite mean that. It doesn't mean that we've got all the – the books and the materials and resources that would make the teaching of Pacific studies and the inclusion of Pacific examples in the curriculum, you know, that there's still a long way to go there. But the second point I wanted to make was that um, the Pacific parents of today, as well as the pupils, are different. I mean, most of them, you know, we're talking now about fourth and fifth and sixth generation migrants to New Zealand, aren't we? That that um, and then we've got multi ethnicity as well. Uh, so there are a lot of um, students and pupils and families in New Zealand who identify as as Pacific, but they're a totally different generation from the earlier ones. I think we've got quite a a feisty generation of Pacific parents now who are really um, arguing for their children to do well at school and starting to stand up and ask for that to happen. So there's sort of two things going on. I think New Zealand is starting to adopt a more um, informed attitude on cultural diversity and also we've got groups of Pacific parents who have had a good education themselves and who are joining the school boards and things like that and are really standing up to make sure that their children get a fair deal and do well at school. Another question I have to ask, because you lived, um, you um, worked in Samoa for a while. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it's Samoa Independence, 60th Independence year, and you came from the, the I guess, the second generation, someone's? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. could you describe, like, how, how different it is how, how much New Zealand and someone, especially for the someone's diaspora in New Zealand, um, how far relations have progressed? I think Samoa, New Zealand, Aotearoa, New Zealand has always had a very warm relationship with Samoa in a sense that, you know, going right back to the early days in the Treaty of Friendship, I think despite the fact that Samoa is not one of the countries of the realm, New Zealand has always been particularly good for Samoa in terms of aid and resources, those sorts of things. I think the relationship is healthy. Uh, I think it's even healthier when you think, when you take into account the fact that the that their mayor, the prime minister, and the last prime minister, they were all educated in New Zealand, and so whatever sort of happens on the ground they also have that feeling of relationship rather than opposition. Mm. And what's the biggest challenge now that you see with Pacifica in education? Okay. Well, that's that's pretty, pretty hard, especially in these times. I think in the last 10 years, the state of Pacific education or the status of Pacific education in New Zealand has increased tremendously. But... COVID has brought so many economic constraints which our Pacific people 
have found it extremely hard and are still finding it extremely hard to deal with. And if you're in Samoa or if you're in Fiji or anywhere in the Pacific, you know, you would have your land behind you that you could grow your food. Uh, you know, you would have a house where you could live. There would be... You don't have those sorts of support systems. We don't have those sorts of support systems in New Zealand. So we have the case of health vulnerability, but also uh, just the whole economic challenge of children, students, we know, who are actually leaving school to go to work and get a job so that they can support the family. So we guess bottom line is we're having breakups in the the pattern of education for, for many Pacific students in New Zealand. What used to be a pattern of, you know, you enrol in preschool and then you sort of go right through. We just, there are just, due to economic constraints and health constraints, there are just too many breaks in that pattern to ensure that our children, that all of our children, you know, enjoy a, a strong and robust educational experience and that's that's the issue.